This episode contains discussions including explicit language, weight loss surgery, weight gain, parenting and weight talk, and food and diet relationships. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to the Body Story Podcast, a show about the way we're navigating the world and the bodies we've been given. I'm your host, Tiffany Eller, and I believe that if one person's story can change the way you look at them, a collection of stories may be able to change the world. Today, I'll be speaking with Jen about her experience with weight loss surgery. Jen is a semi-crunchy mama of two boys and was a single mom for the first eight years of her eldest's life. She is a hairstylist turned sales rep for a hair product company, as well as an energy light healer with an affinity for the F-bomb. Let's get into the episode. Hi, Jen. Thanks for being with us today. Thank you. How are you today? I'm good. It's a hot one, so just trying to stay cool. Awesome. I'm really excited to talk to you today because... I don't know if I've ever met anybody that has had weight loss surgery. So uh, where, where would you like to start in your body story? Gosh, why don't we start with that? What, well, what led up to me making that decision? Cause for a lot of people, that's a huge body altering, mind altering decision. Yeah, absolutely. So for me, um, a brief background. So I was always heavy set, overweight, larger, um, my whole life. My parents tried so hard to help me navigate that, um, and maybe not in the best way for my mind, but what they thought was good for my body, if that makes sense. Yeah. So they always, you know, do, okay, we know a gym owner, let's, let's have you get some personal training at the gym and we'll do Weight Watchers and all these things. And as I aged, it just didn't work. Um, so I found myself approaching my 30th birthday, topping the scales at 356 pounds. And I had a come to God moment when I couldn't get out of my camping chair at my son's t-ball game. I had got in it. And when I went to stand up, the chair came with my butt. And that was eye-opening. Like, you see yourself in the mirror every day, but if you don't think you like what you're going to see, you don't truly look. It's, it's one of those weird things like, yeah, I see myself, but I'm not truly investigating what I'm viewing in the mirror. So I, at first it was a shocker almost like, what do you mean the chair? What's happening? You know? And then I kind of came back into myself and realized this is a problem. Um, I need to make some kind of change so I feel good because I was at the point where if I wasn't working, I was laying on the couch sleeping. Um, my, my body was literally trying to tell me that something was off. And so I needed to investigate that. So a friend, um, put me on to the idea of weight loss surgery. Cause at the time I was a single mom, you know, I didn't have any financial resources and who would have thought that somebody on Medicaid could get weight loss surgery. Well, we'll fast forward through some of that stuff, but, um, I, I did end up getting approved for it with my insurance and, um, it's been quite the journey. It's been quite the journey. It was, it's hard. I found myself having to go the extra mile, you know, having a meal prep extra, 
having to work out extra to try and combat my body's natural set point. And so that so is that after the surgery you have to like yeah. exercise more and all that? Yeah. Yep. My okay, so that's not necessarily true for everyone. Um my body didn't want to be thin. It still doesn't to this day and I have accepted that at this point and just yep. But for some people who get weight loss surgery, whichever type there is because there's several, um they can have these surgeries and sit around and maybe still eat the same way, just not as much because they can't. Or maybe they might change the way they eat, but they don't really pay a lot of attention to it. And they'll still drop their weight. Mine didn't work that way. I had to put more energy and effort into it than I did before. But I became what my doctor called successful. So they only estimate each person is going to lose so much weight with a surgery. Okay. And so they told me, well, if you're happy, you know, it's okay, but we wouldn't estimate you would ever be a quote unquote normal body weight. And when they told me that at five, five, my normal body weight should be like 140 pounds. I about fell off the table because that's 200 pounds from where I started basically. And how is that even doable? And that kind of stuff gets in your head. And so I felt as though I failed because I never reached that. But in discovering Mm -hmm. that, I don't want to be that. I just want to be happy and healthy. Yeah. Do do you feel healthy? Yes. And I know that you mentioned before we started recording that you actually did gain quite a bit of the weight back. Um, after the surgery. And even after experiencing that, you still feel healthy. Yeah. 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 So I, my lowest, as, as we discussed my lowest, um, I got down to 209 right before my wedding three years ago. And right after my wedding, I got pregnant. Um, and I had a wonderfully healthy pregnancy and, and that was a bonus of my surgery as well. And many women find that having weight loss surgery helps them a get pregnant um, and B have a better pregnancy. Um, so that wasn't my goal. My goal wasn't to get pregnant, but it ended up happening anyway. So I had a great pregnancy and honestly, I lost all my weight and got back down. Um, and then when my son was about six months old, my body was like, Nope. And I put back on about 15 to 20 pounds. And then when I moved, I put on another 25 pounds. So I originally lost 140 pounds and I have put, uh, 50, 52 back on. That's been a journey. You've mentioned in your intake form that you feel like you failed at the surgery. Um, what, what kind of effect did that have on your mental state? Well, I would dare say that's probably where about 20 extra pounds came from, to be honest with you, because when you think about it, they removed I had a vertical sleeve gastrectomy. And what that is, is they go in and they remove, in my case, 82% of my actual stomach. Oh, wow. So I, yeah, so I can physically intake less. So if you and I were to sit down to dinner, um, I have, I eat off a side plate. Because if I give myself a regular plate, I fill it and then I'm wasting food. Literally, I'm like, oh, dang it. (laughs) You know, because my eyes still, seven years, six years later, my eyes still are bigger than what my stomach is. Um, so 
I still, I struggled for a very long time with how is it that you cut out 82% of my stomach, but I gained weight back. And so I had to really dig deep through that. And what I've discovered is that intentionally moving my body gives me the benefit that I thought being skinny would. Hmm. Because knowing that I'm strong enough to pick up that barbell, that gives me more endorphins than a size four. Absolutely. And you're a CrossFitter, right? I am. Yes. Yes. I love it. I didn't know I would love it. I didn't know I would be accepted in that community, (laughs) to be honest. What, what got you interested in it? (laughs) Not CrossFit. Um, So (laughs) when when I moved to Omaha from Michigan, um, a friend from back home that I grew up with had a contact here in Omaha and they played college soccer together. And so she was like, you know, you guys probably won't have anything in common, but it's a name. It's someone you can connect with on Facebook who could maybe even tell you what grocery store to go to or whatever. It seems silly, but just, you know, have a face. I said, okay. And so she connected us on Facebook and Judy is a fantastic woman and she's a CrossFitter. She is very physically fit. She's an awesome gal. Cool. So she's always posting, Hey, anybody want to come with me? Whatever. As I'm sitting in my house, drinking my beer after work, like, no, (laughs) I'm all set. (laughs) Like, Let me get some French fries. Like, that was literally my life. There was a little bit of a depressive state when I first made the move um, that I was really working through within my personal self and within my marriage, within my uh, relationships with my boys. So it, it was at a time where it was like, no, what feels good right now is to sit at home and drink my beer. Well, you just kind of notice the new universal nudges, right? So Judy keeps asking, keeps asking. Finally, I said, okay, fine. I said, Judy, you've seen my photos. I don't hide what I am. I am a larger gal and I am not physically fit. I had lost my level of fitness that I had created for myself. And she goes, who cares? CrossFit's a great community. We don't care who you are or what you are. When you show up, you're one of us. And I'm like, oh, okay. Wow. (laughs) I've seen you people at the CrossFit games. (laughs) I have seen no way, you know? So I show up and I'll be damned if there weren't people of different heights, different sizes, different colors, different, all the things. There's kids running around, everybody. There's just people. And I honestly started going so I could meet people here. And it has turned into a love affair. I love to go. It is one of the only places I can go where I'm not in charge. I show up. Yeah. I love it. I love it. And, and when you're CrossFitting, what is your goal? Is it just to feel good? Yeah. Um, in fact, they just asked that question the other day in our group. What, what is your, what is your big, bad, scary, ultimate CrossFitting goal? And honestly, when I started, I could barely bend over my, all of a sudden I've got arthritis. It's amazing. Um, and so my knees are bad and my hands are bad. And that's from years of standing up behind the chair just not on a supportive mat, not wearing good shoes, all the things, right? So I couldn't do a dang on thing. He's talking about, come over here and try a burpee. Uh Uh-huh. I can't get up (laughs) off the floor. And it was so real. And I I remember being so um, frustrated with myself and what I felt like were my physical limitations because I couldn't do what those guys over there were doing. And I looked at my coach 
His name's Kyle. And I said, Kyle, I have a third tire. I'm too fat to move my body like that. And I am not kidding. He looked at me and said, no, you're not. You just have to do it the way your body wants to do it. And then you evolve from that. Mm. And you change as your body changes. Here's this guy. Come to find out. He is the fittest man in the world, according to the CrossFit Games, ages 35 to 39. Ripped. Cute little smile. His kids are gorgeous. His wife is gorgeous. He's attractive. And I just blurted out, my third tire is too fat to do that. And he accepted it. And he has literally loved me through this entire process. I can squat now. I can run on a treadmill now. I can jump rope and not have pain. I just want to be able to move freely and feel good. Oh, amen, sister. Yes, that's it's just I, where I'm at. I love that. So you have found a sense of community in this place, um, but have you faced any challenges or ridicule for it? Not a single bit. Oh, that is so good to hear. I, and I'll tell you this, I'll take that one step further. I travel for work and I now am to the point where I drop in at CrossFit boxes wherever I'm traveling and not one time, not a single time has anybody ever been like, what's she doing here? What's, you know, oh, she doesn't move as fast as us. If anything, there's extra encouragement. The only thing that's ever been said to me in a negative kind of way I had a coach look at me and say, you better put more weight on that barbell. You're not going heavy <laughs> enough. And I thought, well, who are you? <laughs> You're not, you know. But other than that, honestly, I have had nothing but the warmest of welcomings. And I still have some body things. I have scoliosis fairly bad. So my, my hips are uneven. You know, my knees aren't fantastic, but I have strengthened them. So there are things that I just, and maybe I'll never be able to do them but I have a modified way I can do them. So I am still active and I am still working as hard as I can, which matches the intensity of others. And so, and I'm, I'm open about it. You know what? I can't do that move, but I know what my modification is done. Or, Hey guys, I tried that and I can't do that. And Johnny on the spot, not a single person has ever said to me, well, you have to do that. Cause we don't know what else to have you do. There's always been something for me to do so I could keep moving my body. I feel like that was something for me. So I have asthma. And so whenever I've gone to workout classes and stuff like that, like I have to make modifications for myself. And I know at one point for me, like I felt embarrassed to make the modifications because it feels like everybody's looking at you. But the moment you, you accept like what your body's capable of and you just commit to whatever you can do, it's, it's a world of difference. You always think people, we, everybody always think they're watching me. Yeah. And I finally discovered they are watching me. They don't want me to hurt myself. That's where I'm at. I have discovered that my peers and my coaches, I have, I have been a member of my CrossFit gym officially a year, like last week. And they watch me all right. They watch me to make sure I'm not going to hurt myself. And if they see me starting something in a wrong way, or they see me moving in a way that's not going to feel good to my body later, they tell me, hey, 
do it this way. Let me show you how, let me show you why. Do you feel that difference? And I've accepted the fact that people are going to look. And I also have another theory. If you're going to look and you're going to say things, feel free, talk amongst yourselves. I don't want to hear it because I'm over here just trying to make a change to make myself feel better. Mm -hmm. But I still, and I don't even see that in the looks like, and everybody at a certain point has to modify for something. Injuries are prevalent everywhere. We've got people in there that are rehabbing from shoulder surgeries and we had a cop get injured on the job and he's in there doing different, you know, different movements. And when you're around long enough, when you commit to yourself and hang in there, you discover, oh no shit, that super fit guy over there. He injured himself because he lifted wrong. And now he's going to modify more than I'm going to modify. <laughs> you know, and you just, you just realize it's the ebb and flow and you need to be committed to what you're going to do for yourself, not what you're going to do for them. Oh, I love your, you're so optimistic and I love your perspectives and you just have this, like, I don't give a shit attitude about like what <laughs> other people think. But I, I also feel like when you have that attitude, you have a, I'm speaking as the general you, like when yeah. I see people with that attitude, they have this glow that people want to be around and any kind of judgment that was there before kind of melts away. Do you find that to be true in, in your environments? hundred percent. Um, there are girls that, that I work out with five days a week and they're like, gosh, when you first started, I didn't ever figure we'd be friends. And I was really? like, that's, Oh yeah. Well, I'm not the friendliest face always. <laughs> Do you have a resting bitch face? <laughs> totally. I'm totally a resting bitch face. Especially when I first started, I was so busy trying to learn my new job. And like, my husband wasn't super happy about the fact that I was going, but I didn't ask him and like all this stuff. Right. So I wasn't the happiest face ever. And as it's, and plus I was nervous, like these people are going to laugh me out of here. Um, but as I, as I have gotten comfortable there and let people really get to know me, um, they're always like, oh gosh, you know, you're stronger than you think you are. You know, you're able to do so much more than you could before. And you just keep showing up. I'm like, yeah, that's the key to life here. I'm just going to keep showing up. And it's that's helped. Awesome. Yeah. That's so cool. So has, um, all right. So comparison between getting the weight loss surgery and the effects of it and going to CrossFit, like how has each of those impacted your body image? Like did one impact it more so than the other or was it equal? Like it was there more healing in CrossFit? Um, like what's the relationship between them? Oh gosh. So in terms of healing, I found both to be healing and it's, but it's a little different with CrossFit. I've kind of healed my, how would I say it? I've kind of healed my mindset on what other people think I can do and what I know I can do. Um, I sold myself short for very many years. Um, and that's made a world of difference. I've also never um, stuck with anything this long in my entire life. I I mean, the, I've been going the CrossFit. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Um, yeah. I've been going five days a week 
since last July. Um, unless I've been traveling and then it goes down to two as I drop in. But I, I've, it, and so it's, it's taught me and healed me in different ways. Now the weight loss surgery, I would not change. I would do it again today if I was the same weight I was then. Um, that healed something different in me. That healed my mindset about I can do whatever I want, eat however I want, work out however I want, and it'll all just happen. And let me explain that a little better because I don't feel like that was really what I'm getting at. So before weight loss surgery, I would dabble with diets and dabble with exercise things and just assumed they were going to work for me. After having the surgery, I realized no one and no thing is going to do for you what you want to do for you. You would actually have to do what you want to do to get the result you want. So if I want to feel better, because that's ultimately what my body journey is about. I just want to feel good. If I want to feel good, I have to figure out how to fuel my body for that and how to move my body for that. And surgery made me realize that 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 is very true. I can have someone cut out my stomach, remove it. So I physically cannot intake the same amount of food I used to be able to intake, but I can still put weight back on. That's eye-opening. It's not that the surgery failed. It didn't. They removed what they were supposed to remove. I chose to make the choices I made, which then led me to gain weight. Now, of course, some of that probably is hormonal, you know, so I do have birth control in, um, I do have PCOS. I mean, the list goes on, right? But you can't tell me that all those things are the reason why I put those 52 pounds back on. It was plain and simple choices I made. And so that's, it's really been eye-opening. It's all in my court. If I don't like myself now, then I need to decide what things I don't like, and if it's important enough for me to change them. I can't let the outside world tell me. You know, if I'm scrolling Instagram, the outside world will tell me, I better go get me a waist trainer and have another surgery and keep lifting and all these things. And, and that's just, that's not where I'm at. Is there a single moment that you can pinpoint where you decided to love your body? Or like a wake up call after the surgery where you're like, Oh, these are the decisions. This isn't a miracle cure. Sorry. Cure is not really the word I'm looking for, but, um, but it's valid. Like it's my, it's my mindset. Like, was there something that set the light bulb to go off that was like, Oh, it's mindset. You know, honestly, I can't pinpoint an exact moment in time. But it would be with it, it took this long. It would be within the last year that I realized, truly realized, because I could give it lip service, because I, you know things, but then you don't want to internalize them and really dig into them. But um, it would be within the last year that I really realized it is all mind. Mind over matter is real and legit, and it's, however you choose to perceive it. You know, I think at a certain point when you're, 
when you're going to the gym, but still coming home and eating fast food and drinking beer, you realize, oh, so it is a combo effect. If I want to feel good, I have to do X, Y, Z. You know, I have to do these things together. Um, yeah. Yeah, it took me a little longer than I'd like to admit this past year. Yeah, you and I met because we are in a women's group on Facebook together that is a paid membership where we are doing um, kind of personal in-depth work on ourselves throughout the year of 2019. Mm -hmm. Um, And the first lesson was about body image and body positivity. Was there anything that came up during that workshopping that you hadn't thought about before or like did anything new come to light this year when you were faced with an assignment about it? Yes. And it's probably the opposite of what most people would realize. I realized this year that there may be a little more junk in my trunk, but that's completely fine. I'm okay. I'm still just trying to be and to have that level of beingness feel good. And I realized that when we were doing that exercise, I'm getting there. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That it was very, it was a liberating exercise, especially (laughs) the photo and all that stuff. Yeah. It was very liberating. It was good. I really loved that lesson. I I had been doing my own body positive work for the last like two or so years at that point. Sure. And when when we were going to start Unlearn, uh, which is the name of our group, with the body positivity segment, I was like, oh man, I, I didn't want to start with this because <laughs> I've already done all this work. Like I know myself. I love myself. I've got this down. And then when I was faced with doing the exercise, like I was free writing and something new came to light. And I like threw my pencil on the desk and put my hands on my head because I was like, oh, my gosh, I didn't know that was in me. I didn't know that I had an issue with that. So, yep, it's 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 (laughs) funny what happens when you get in these groups, you know, and we're so fortunate with ours. We really are. And just the positive reinforcement that we receive when we have those downloads and we share them. It's, it's, it's been good. Yeah. And that, so unlearn is actually a huge reason why I decided to do this podcast because seeing everybody post about their exercise in that first month of the year, it it just, it let me know that I wasn't alone in any of the things I was going through because I was like, oh, this is weird. Like I have this compulsive thing about my body or I have this belief about my body and everybody else was like, Hey, me too. Or like, I'm with you or I'm holding space. And it made a huge difference for me. And I, I hope to share that through this experience too. Oh, for sure. I it's, we always think we're so alone in our thoughts and really we're so not, we so are not this collective in general is just, we all receive a lot of the same insecurities. I feel like a lot of the same um, quote unquote taboo subjects that that give us these wonky feelings and and I think a lot of us think we're alone and we're just really not. Yeah, I think vulnerability is something that is 
difficult sometimes to achieve, but is so important for just connecting with people and letting each other know that we're not alone in any of this. Yeah. I, I, I fully agree. Yeah. So on the topic of body image, how has your newfound acceptance of yourself um, impacted your family? Well, so they don't see someone who is completely obsessed with pre-packaging, pre-cooking and making every last item that goes in their mouth. You know, my oldest remembers how hardcore I was about that stuff. And I mean, it was to the point where it was like, if it's in a package, don't touch it. It's not yours. You can't have it. Um, And I've loosened up with that now. Do I still do some meal prep? Well, yeah, I'm a busy lady. If I want to eat to help me feel good, well, then I got to do it. But I was so compulsive with it. And I think it's good that my kids can see that I can have a healthier relationship with food. It's okay if I didn't meal prep today, folks, because there are good things in my house that I can eat. Um, They also don't see me being obsessive over how I look in a bathing suit in the mirror. I put the damn thing on and we're going to the pool. Whereas previously it was like, ugh, ugh. And they, and I have two boys and they hear me talk about this. You know, they hear me even though I'm in my room because I don't, I'm not a quiet lady. Um, and my oldest is, is a little bit of a bigger kid. And I didn't want what I was going through to impact his journey. And I think we have gotten to a point where it's not like, I allow myself forgiveness and to make changes and adjustments and to be happy, you know, if I'm going to go get ice cream, like I'm going to go get ice cream. It's going to be okay. Whereas previously I had ice cream yesterday. I better do a cleanse. Oh God, I had surgery. If I gained any weight back off this ice cream, I'm going to have to do a three day juice cleanse. It's like, you know, I can't, I can't keep showing them that a treat is now something evil. I can't, right. you know, they, they have to learn that balance for themselves. I can't keep showing them that I'll binge on that ice cream and now I'm going to starve myself for two days or whatever. Well, I could never really starve myself. I was too hungry, but I would always have that intent. And so I've just shown them and it just keeps happening every day. You know, I, I take two steps forward and one step back, but um, I just keep showing them that just, doing what makes your body feel good. I spend a lot of time telling my kids, did that make you feel good? Okay, eat it. It didn't, then why do we keep having it? You know, my oldest wants to have pizza all the time, but he's hungry immediately after eating the pizza. And so we've been talking through that. Well, so let's say you had a slice of pizza. What else could you have to make you actually feel full? So like you had a real meal and doing more of those learning things and talking those things through is a huge changer. And how old are your kids? My oldest will be 12 here in 10 days. And my youngest is two and a half. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So are you starting, I don't know, like language development and children is all over the place, but like, is, are those things you're talking to your two and a half year old about? Um, I could, he's fairly well-spoken. 
Um, but he's also in the stage of life where chicken nuggets, hot dogs, and yogurt is about all oh, we're yeah. doing right now. So, and it's just, <laughs> oh, I, re- oh. I relate to that so hard. God. I have a three-year-old and it's the same way. <laughs> and I think to myself, but you used to like peas and you used to like, you know, peaches. And, you know, I, it drives me batty, but also I'm well aware of the cycles of toddlers and I'm just like, yeah, cool. I'll just buy the organic ones. It'll be fine. Um, but it's, he does hear and he does listen, you know, and he always, he'll say, treak, treak mama. And I'm like, oh, well, you don't need a treat right now. Like you just had dinner. You don't need anything, you know, no treak. And then my oldest gets on the bandwagon. (laughs) I want a treat too. And I'm like, Hey, guess what? (laughs) Nobody needs nothing because your food is still, you haven't, it hasn't even hit your stomach yet. Y'all you haven't even finished your last bite. (laughs) No. And so, you know, he's, he, he doesn't, he gets it, but he doesn't get it. Like he, we talk about it, but I don't censor myself in front of the two-year-old. So he's coming along with him. (laughs) And then do you guys talk specifically about body image of your boys? Or I guess with the older one, um, is that a conversation you're having or is it more so you're leading by example? Well, so he struggles. Um, as I mentioned earlier, he's a bigger kid. So he is going to be 12, like I said, in 10 days. And he is taller than me. Um, I'm 5'5". Five five, so, I mean, I haven't measured him, but he's definitely taller than me. So, and he's a, a bigger kid in general. And so I find lately that when I'm looking at him, um, he's always picking at his shirt, pulling it away from his body in mm. um, that nervous habit, you know? Um, and so I, I've I said something. How can I help you? Do you need a bigger shirt to feel comfortable? Do you need a different style of shirt to feel comfortable? Because this constant picking at it is a nervous thing. What about your shirt every day? Is that upsetting to you that you have to constantly readjust? He couldn't verbalize it. Okay. Um, And he is aware that I am open enough about any subject he wants to talk about. So he'll just randomly bring things up. Well, do you think I could join a gym? I do think so. I do think my financial abilities right now are a little stretched. So I have things you can do at home. I have weights here at home. I have programs you can follow. We can, you know, look at doing them together and blah, blah, blah. Um, I will say, I say I want to do them together, but I have already worked out for the day. So sometimes... I'm not super helpful in that aspect for him. Um, but he sees what I'm doing and he semi has no choice because I'm going to put in the house what I'm going to put in the house. And so anybody's body journey is 70% kitchen, 80% kitchen. And so part of that, you know, he doesn't have a ton of control over, but he's discovering on his own accord what he can and cannot eat to feel good because he's the kid who, when he eats crappy, is in the bathroom throwing up. You know, if if he goes to a friend's house and there's no, like here, you got to ask for a snack, man. You got to ask because my kitchen is always in a state of being open and that drives me batty. Why are y'all always in the kitchen? Get out. Get out. You're fed. Get out. Um, So, and so here you have to ask. And so um, when he goes to places where you don't have to ask and it's a free for all, Oftentimes he'll come home and be sick. And it's like digging into that. Do you understand why you're in the bathroom throwing up? 
or in the bathroom on the toilet. Do you get it? Well, and then he'll tell me what he ate and he'll say it was all that, wasn't it? It is. And so I am leading by example, but I'm also leading by allowing him to lead himself because I no longer, it sounds mean, but let's go with it. I no longer have time for it. So at 12, if you know that you go to your friend's house and if you have a Slurpee and you guys share a large pizza and you have Cheetos and you have uh, ice cream bar, you know, and the list goes on because you're a preteen boy and you come home, don't call my name. I need you to sit with that and understand your body's literally telling you something as you are throwing up that what you did isn't okay. You know, our bodies tell us, we just got to listen. And so I'm, I'm to the point with him where I'm no longer listening for him and I'm making him do his own listening. I think that's important. Yeah. And are you, so he mentioned that he wanted to go to the gym. Was that, uh, did you guys have a conversation about whatever the desire was underneath that to make sure that he was in a good mental place because so what I'm thinking about is you got the weight loss surgery as a fix for being fat, but then found that it was a mindset thing. So now that you're aware of your own mindset stuff, is that something that those conversations kind of lean that way for your son as well? Like, yes, you can go to the gym, but let's work on self-love or like, is that part of the conversation? Yes, but no. So he would tell you that he wants to do it so he can be skinnier. And I would tell you that he more needs to be worried about being diabetic. That, Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, it's all belly fat. He's got long, skinny legs. He's got long, skinny arms. And then he's got a man's belly. And I would tell you, you know, and, and he has, he struggles with sugar. And he struggles with his body's response to sugar. Um, and it's very interesting. And I, he does not have diabetes currently. But I wouldn't be surprised. It does run in my family a little bit. Um, but also heart disease. I mean, when you carry that much belly fat, those are real things. And I hate to have to think about those for my 12-year-old. But it's there. It's in my mind. And so when he says, I want to go to the gym, I ask, well, what are you going to do at the gym that you can't do at home? That's my first question. What makes you think going to the gym is going to solve the problem? And what problem are you looking to solve? And he can usually answer all of these. And his answers aren't usually ones that have me running to go get a gym membership. Um, He very much would like to have the results, but does not want to put an ounce of effort into anything. And so Hmm. we are to the point where I have beach body programs that he could do. I have, you know, I mean, YouTube has a plethora of things. Also, you could just be a kid and go outside. Yeah. And he struggles with that. I said, you're seeing it from my adult perspective. I don't always have time to get outside. And also, my ass hurts when I ride a bike, okay? I don't want to ride a bike. You're 12. <laughs> go ride your bike. <laughs> you know, your friends are playing basketball. Go run. Go run the basketball courts. Play. And he just looks at me and said, you're, 
you've got to view it from your kid point of view, which is very hard for him because I've always treated him more like an adult, like an equal than a kid. And I have to remind him, you're still, for what I know, healthy. You might have more belly than other kids, but you're also head and shoulders taller than other kids. So I'm not truly worried. But if you play and let yourself move, and do that with your friends on the basketball court or riding your bike to your friend's house instead of asking to drive you in the neighborhood. Those things are going to get you just as far and give you more pleasure than thinking you have to go to the gym for an hour. Right. Like do the things that you love. Right. Which, and I try to tell him, which is what I have found. But, and then he's like, well, I'll do what you're doing. I don't see it. I'm going to be honest. I don't see him enjoying CrossFit. (laughs) It's, it's so not his style. And, you know, if he wants to... Try- but you also thought that you... Uh, that's like very either. true. And so if he <laughs> wants to try it later, yes. But at 12, no. Um, because they, yeah. they don't have class for it currently. They do have children's classes. But um, I just told him, I said, listen, let's just focus this summer on having fun while trying to stay active. So far, so good. Awesome. Well, we're kind of drawing to the end of our time together. So is there anything that you would like the audience to take away from our interview today? Oh, gosh. You know, a couple things. If your thoughts are on surgery for weight loss, explore them. As I said, I would do it again. I did not have a bad experience, but I've had an experience. If you love yourself, it doesn't matter how you go about being the healthiest, best version of you. Whatever that looks like for you. Do not let other people's opinions of what you're going to do or what you want to do color how you live your life. I was so sure that weight loss surgery was going to save me from being 500 pounds, 450 pounds, because I was going up. I wasn't coming down. It was going up. I was so sure of that, that do you know not a single person in my bubble ever once said, weight loss surgery? (laughs) What are you doing that for? Not once. No one had anything but support for me. And I truly attribute that to the fact that I did my own soul searching. I knew that was my thing and that's what I was going to do. So if you have that kind of conviction about any aspect of your body journey, do it. And literally do not listen to people who want to sidetrack you or keep you down or away from what your goal is. I think that's solid advice. So thank you so much for being with us today, Jen. It was a pleasure talking to you. Thanks. I had a great time. I appreciate it. Before we go today, I want to take a minute to say how grateful we are for every single rating and review that is left for the Body Story Podcast on Apple Podcasts. We love sharing our favorites, so go ahead and leave us a review so we can give you a shout out on an upcoming episode. 
Um, between now and August 6th, we are offering the chance to win a prize for those who post a positive review on Apple Podcasts that will likely be TBSP merch of some sort. So keep an eye out on Instagram and Facebook at Body Story Podcast for the announcement of what we will be offering and when we will be announcing a winner. And feel free to send us any ideas you think would be cool on merch. On a separate note, before submitting your review to Apple Podcasts, screenshot it and send it to bodystorypodcast at gmail.com so we know who to contact if you're the winner of the prize. Each time we receive a review, it boosts us in the new and noteworthy section of Apple Podcasts, which helps us reach more people. And we have the best shot by receiving these ratings and reviews in the first few weeks of our launch. So we appreciate you and look forward to hearing your feedback. A recent review from HotGirl97 says, This podcast is so informative about underrepresented issues concerning body image. The upcoming guest list has me really excited to keep listening, and Tiffany is such an inspired and creative woman. A lot of people will benefit from the creation of this podcast. Thank you so much, HotGirl97. I'm sure you are very 97. We appreciate you, and may the odds be ever in your favor to win the prize in August. Uh, That's all we have for today, so thanks for listening. We'll see you on the next episode. This episode was made possible by our Patreon supporters and the TBSP team. The Body Story Podcast's editor is Daniel Vogt, our producer is Amanda Ray, and our creative director is Emily Fisher.